This is the Veteran Trash Talk Hour, hosted by Nick, Dave, and Joe. Today's special guests are Preston, who took a bullet to the neck, and Juan, an amateur underwear fighter from Jacksonville. <laughs> All right, welcome, fellow drinkers with a trash-talking problem. All right, remember to shoot us your Gmail account so we can add you on to the, to the show, especially for the UFC fight session after the show. We had a bit of a slower show last week, all right, but again, our mission is to build that brotherhood and sisterhood of veterans, all right, promote some businesses, promote the veterans' businesses, all that good stuff. Raise your glass, fellas. Welcome to the show, all right? Cheers, even to you Navy folk. We'll say cheers to you guys as well. All right, I just want to talk about uh, the meme of the week. All right, the meme of the week goes to Rano Wells. I don't know if I said your name right. I really don't care. Um, you you can come on and tell me if I did or not. But Rano Wells, he shared a meme and it had over 170 shares. All right. Once we get those T-shirts made, you would have won a shirt. So hey, keep it up. Next week, maybe you win a T-shirt. So for my soapbox, all right, the talent of the show. All right, I just want to apologize. I want to apologize to the whole Trash Talk Nation about Dave's soapbox last week, all right? I realize that we are all now dumber from having listened to it. That being said, the Marines, they were already stupid, so the Marines on here, all right, you guys just probably understood the shit out of that while you were eating some crayons, all right? My soapbox is pretty short today, all right? We're going to talk about those old crusty veterans like uh, Colonel Flags we're watching right now. All right, we're going to talk about some of these old guys. I've noticed on our on our uh, group that we're getting a lot of Vietnam vets that are starting to add on. All right, and those, nobody understands that besides veterans, just how important those guys are. All right, as the World War II vets and the Korean vets, as they start, you know, passing away, we have to we have to continue their legacy. We have to continue their honor. All right, and that's another part of this show. All right, I encourage these Vietnam guys to come on here and talk to us. You know, get on get on the group. I love seeing them. All right. We'll talk to you. We'll blow your stories up. You know, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's great to have you. And uh, like I said, we will do our best to continue your legacy and to make sure that what you guys built, we make stronger. And then the people after us, they make what we built after you even stronger and stronger. Yeah. Welcome all the older veterans, all, right, all the Vietnam vets, the Korean War vets. And like I said, Colonel Flags watching. He's old and crusty, but I love that guy. So. Appreciate all you guys being on. And then uh, now it's on the Joe soapbox. Mine's going to definitely sound a little more lighthearted after what Nick talked about, but that's all right. So uh, this evening, my soapbox is about wait for it because that's what we've been doing. The return of live sports. Uh, Dana White, we salute you because go ahead and fact check me on this, but I believe this is the first time in the history of sports that two months have gone by and there has not been a live sporting event. For what seems like an eternity, I've gotten up for work at 5 a.m. and had no sports center highlights. Just weather, traffic, COVID, 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 and off to work. Well, not this Sunday morning. Not only do we get to parlay sleeping in on Sunday morning, but when we wake up and after we wake our wife's breakfast, because it is Mother's Day, fellas, we get to watch some highlights. And this may sound like a sports fanatic who's jonesing for a fix, but don't get it confused because it is so much more than that. This is a red-blooded American patriot fired up to see the first steps towards a return to normalcy in this country. Because you can love it or hate it, but this country needs something to get excited about. And if sports is what it is, then so be it. It's brought us together as a country before, like 9-11, and it's going to bring us together again tonight. It's the reason why Dana White was one of my business heroes since I was a kid. The dude is a trailblazer because when they said the whole world said it's not possible, don't do it, don't try. He tried, failed, and then had the guts to go ahead and do it again. And not only did he deliver a card that's going to happen tonight, he delivered a card littered with champions, former champions, contenders, top five contenders. This card has enough talent to stock five pay-per-view main events, literally. Somewhere in Jacksonville, Florida, other than top over there, there is a hotel full of assassins getting their hands wrapped and waiting, doing the routine to go to war for your entertainment. So get your popcorn ready because not only is it story night with the boys, but afterwards, wait for it again, 
we get to watch live sports. Woo! All right, I'm done. All right, that that was awesome. Yeah, live sports. I got UFC on behind me right here. I'm watching the the guys getting taped up, getting ready to go, and it's going to be a great freaking time. Now, I have the pleasure of introducing Preston. Okay, so I want to bring Preston on this show. All right, I want Preston to tell us all about his pill popping business. All right, I want him to tell. Tell us all about how he got shot in the neck. All right, don't spend too much time on your pill-popping business because I don't think anybody really cares, but spend some time on it. Send it. Welcome to the show. We love you, and uh, your right arm still looks bigger than your left arm, and you don't know how to bench press properly. Well, go ahead, Paris. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. All right, all right, all right. Hey, thanks for having us on here. Just facts. There you go, Joe. Um, on top of the combatives and everything, First, aren't you're going to get to talk about all that. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I learned very quickly being big doesn't mean crap if you don't know how to use it. That man wrapped me up faster than I don't know what. But uh, as far as the business goes, I did get out. Um, I opened a total nutrition. So we're kind of like your supplement store, kind of like GNC, except about 10 times better. We go over everything from what supplements you need to what you've taken before. It's more goal oriented. We do in-body testing. We test everything for body fat, skeletal muscle, water weight, things like that. We just wanted to get away from the general generalization of, hey, take this. None of the stores are ran on commission. It's all just based on each person that comes in. So what about that cow hormones? Say it. What about cow hormones? Cow hormones? No, we don't have any of that, man. You gotta go hit up the farmers, maybe cook or somebody. But uh, on to the story of uh, getting shot. So this was fun. Um, went out on a mission just like normal. We weren't really doing much. We were out on 20th Street, end of the mission. Um, it was funny because we were out measuring the streets for T-walls to get put in and to pick up a refrigerator for one of the chews. Trenton had just got out of the truck and all of a sudden here comes an RPG out of nowhere. All you hear is Sergeant V yelling, hey, RPG, RPG, RPG. Whitehead, who hopefully eventually one day he'll be here on the show as well. Shout out to Whitehead. He, he pulled one of the most miraculous, like, I, driving maneuvers I've ever seen, especially sitting in a turret with an RPG flying at me. But, um, so it just, it completely missed the truck and didn't blow up. So thank God for that. And then just, we started getting ambushed from every which direction and didn't even know I was shot at first. Um, Went to reach back for my headset because I hear Sergeant V yelling in the trunk in the truck down down there, and reach back and I was like, "Well, I don't, I don't hear nothing." Look, I was like, "Hey, I'm shot in the neck, guys." All you hear is Sergeant V like, "Shot in the neck? How are you talking?" So I keep shooting and then I drop down and fall over in Trenton's lap. You see Brinson jump up in the gun, hands first, shooting at anything he could get up so that he didn't get shot too, and because it, it was coming down, it was. That, that turret was getting it. But uh, after that, I mean, Trenton's like, hey, man, you're shot in the arm too. So it turns out that it was still one bullet. Um, the equipment that was supposed to protect us tried to kill me. So the bullet went through my arm, hit the shoulder protector, and went through my neck. So we made it out of there and got to the aid station where first sergeant ended up coming in there and I was told I couldn't go to the gym, and well, the five stitches didn't last. I still went to the gym. Uh, Doc Esser kind of yelled at me because I popped the stitches out, and he didn't give me any numbing medicine for the second set of stitches. Told me that was my lesson, but I was in the gym again. So, but other than that, man, I mean, it was all these guys were there, and I I love each and every one of them. They, it was more family than I actually have here. So, that's that's another reason I'm glad all this started is. It's been, what, 14, 13, 14 years since all of our faces have been seen together. So I'm glad we were able to start this and connect. And I'll give it back to Nick and let any questions roll in. But but you're exactly right. It's been, you know, over a decade since we all got together, you know, and saw each other's faces, you know, and talked about some of that stuff. And that's huge. And I want to encourage the veteran trash talk community uh, before I hand it back over that this is what it's for. Right. You got something. Get your buddies on here. We'll have an entire show for an entire squad of somebody who's watching this that has a good story that the squad wants to come on and tell. 
all right, and then get together, see each other, see each other's faces, find out how you're doing. So, yeah, there's a lot more to this story, especially the part, you know, where Joe was terrified, but he'll get into that. Uh, yeah. Hey, I, I got – Dave, if you want to take it, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, brother. I'll, I'll hand it over to you in a sec. You know, I'm happy, Paris, that you're laughing about this and smiling. And, of course, we're all laughing because it's done and over with. But I think Joe's in the same book as I am when it comes to that day. I think I was – I've never been that scared, man. Because um, the way I remember the situation, you know, all we heard was you were hit and you fell, you know. I didn't I, – I thought you might be gone, you know. And we're, we're operating gunner drills, doing our thing, you know. Um, and we knew – Britson and I both knew whoever's lap you fall on, that sucker's getting on the gun. And we're getting shot from everywhere. We're talking dishka fire, 762 left and right. You fall on my lap, and I look at Britson, and I'm like, fuck. You know, like, I was scared, man. I thought I was going to lose him, too. And Britson did what he had to do, man, jumped up on that gun and took over. But that shit was, yeah. I mean, I laugh about it now. It's done and over with, man. But we were scared shitless, brother. And I was scared shitless. I'll happily say it, man. I've never been that scared in my life. But uh, we made it out of there, you know. And uh, Britson will take it from here. But I think Britson knows what I'm talking about, that look that we had between each other when we looked at each other. You know, and had to react yeah, to everything. No. It, it, uh, yeah, no, it was, I mean, all I saw, uh, I, I mean, I heard Paris, uh, raise his volume real high and say he'd been hit. And then I don't know. I mean, cause we tried to dismount. We were getting lit up. We couldn't even get off on foot. And, uh, I was like, man, we're, we're sitting ducks. Cause Par I knew Paris couldn't see the guy shooting cause the street was littered. There was people running interference, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Paris couldn't find him. None of us could. Uh, the windshield took like 17 strikes before he even got hit. It was, it was, it was just insanity. And when he went down, all I saw was his big giant ass neck laying in your lap, and he had his hand up over his neck, and there's blood running through, you know. And uh, you know, man, I. I I don't have any problem being the softie of the group and, and, and telling you guys how much I love you and I, and, and not talking as much shit here and there. That's, that's fine. But man, when I, when I looked over there and, and, and saw, uh, saw him laying there and you help you, you had him, you had him like hugged up and me and you looked at each other and it was like, you looked at me like, I'm sorry, it's gotta be you because I was your guy. And, and something in that moment, it was like, okay, you know, fuck this. I'm not, you know, I'm not giving up dominance of fire. You know, there, there. I could hear the turret getting hit, and I was, I just reached up straight arms, and I don't care. <laughs> there ain't no, there ain't no uh, policy for that when it, when it's happening. There's, there, there's no protocol um, when you're getting lit up like that. And uh, I, I let off about 30 or 40 rounds before I even stood up, and, and it started to dissipate, and I kept going. And the only part about this story that I laughed about when it was over with was I got up there, and Whitehead's going. Britson, it's the white bongo truck. I see one on the right alley at two at ten o'clock and obliterate it. And as I'm doing it, I can hear Whitehead's little voice screaming in my headset. And I, I want to kick him, like, shut up, man. And I finally I break and he goes, It's the other white bongo truck. There was one across the street on the other side, like 50 meters up. So I went across and hit that one too, because I knew Paris had been hit. And I was I was uh I didn't care where they were at. If they were standing there. They were part of him getting hit, and I was mowing them all down. I didn't care if I went home in handcuffs. I, you know, I, I thought he was, I, I thought he was uh, hurt badly, at best. Um, at worst, at worst, I thought it was going to be a real bad day for us. So I may, I, I wanted to get some for him and, and for us. Just to touch on all of that, like all these thoughts are running through all of our heads at the same time, but this happens so fast. Like you hear it from all our different points of view, but like from me coming down to Trenton grabbing me and you jumping up. There was literally maybe two seconds there. Like there was no hesitation, but that's that's what we did. Like no, we were there, no, we had no. everybody's back. Like that's what you do. No, it was a perfect gunner drill. It was a perfect gunner drill. And then the fact I remember I pulled out my knife immediately and started cutting up your uniform, you know, to start treating you. You know, it feels like it was forever, but like you said, all that happened within three to five seconds, man. Three to five seconds. But it, it felt like a freaking lifetime, man. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, it was like it, it was the perfect it was the perfect ambush for them is what it was. It couldn't have gone any better, uh, for them. They, I mean, they basically got lucky and they caught us. They caught us on a mission where we got 
we weren't complacent, but nothing had happened. It was 115 degrees, sweat's pouring into your eyes, the sun's beating down, and we're like, dude, let's get this fridge and get the F home. And it was the perfect time for them to do it. And, uh, man, I'm just glad we're all here to talk about it, you know? You know, and, and, and you know what? I can people can get pissed if they want to, and that's cool because I'm not in the military anymore. But I'm so glad that some that we're all here to talk about it. And there's, I guarantee you, there's at least a half dozen of them that aren't. I got one more thing. There was some humor to that story when the IP started lighting up all the car dealerships right afterwards. <laughs> yeah, we were parked across <laughs> from the biggest car dealership in Samara, and the guy came out and started calling us cowards because we didn't, uh, we didn't just obliterate everybody at first because it took us a second to find them. And when the IPs heard that, they lit up every car in his lot and just destroyed it. That's another piece of humor to it, you know. Hey, that's a good point you brought up, uh, Joe, and it'll it'll attest to uh, when you're going to introduce uh, Juan, old top, old first sergeant. Uh, I'm ready. Our the the 82nd is the best, you know, infantry unit in the world, bar none. We've already we know there's one regiment, you know, that's the Ranger Regiment. Okay, there's but there's only one division, all right? And that's the 82nd Airborne Division. So we took over that city, and we were all young. We didn't have the, we didn't have the, the conceptual ideas that, you know, Juan had about what was going on there. We just had our own little piece of the pie. So, you know, we, it, it, really, it really didn't matter. But when you hear the stories of, you know, some of the units prior and some of the things that happened in that city, some of the bad stuff, the undisciplined stuff, you know, and it was like, how 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 do you kill that many civilians in a firefight? You know, and nobody wants that. Nobody ever wants that. And it's like, but I, I you you could see in that city how easy it was to do that, right? And it took a very disciplined paratrooper to not waste everybody that was in the way. And the right? hardest part is they they used the civilian as their cover. Yeah, it it was yeah. so hard to like. Yeah, it was impossible. Yeah, like, no, Paris. Par- that was the worst. Watch. That was the worst part about it for me. Before he got hit, was that he was getting. We were getting dinged up, and I knew that he could not find him. I couldn't find him. None of us could. I remember I peeked out to look, and as I looked down the strike glass, a round hit, shot a piece of glass off the windshield and cut the bridge of my nose. It would have been a headshot if the windshield didn't. I mean, so. I immediately jumped back and I, I was like, holy shit. Cause I, I, I was scared for you because I, I, I was the other gunner. So I, I know what it feels I mean, like to be up the only there. Thing and, I remember and, is the guys behind the white car over to the alley, which it was the white bongo truck. Cause they had, that's where they had the RPK set up. And then we, we heard on the radio how they were shooting down from the school top on the right. So yeah. it was almost you know, next to impossible. Real quick about the white bongo truck, you know, I think um, BP four day. Uh, yeah, I think I think we got our revenge that day on the white bongo truck. And we'll, we'll keep that story for another time, because um, I think we might have Townsend on one day um, to talk about that day. So I'm going to just leave it at that. But uh, I think we got our revenge on the white bongo truck. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You, yeah, that you guys definitely did. So I'll just end my story with man. It was great. I got to get back. I was still alive. I got to lift after that. May have had Doc ring my ass for it, but I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad all of you guys are here. Couldn't ask for a better group of people to have went on a deployment with. Like, by Love far, the best. Juan is the, the reason I went to Ranger School, all right? And then part, but part of that is somebody on the page, I have to address it because somebody on the page said hey talk about the ranger tab is it worth it right and the discipline we had in our unit you know whether people liked one or not all right there there was a reason and do you need a ranger tab to be a leader absolutely not you don't uh that's that's fairly obvious but what you owe your soldiers what you owe the people under you followers is the most you owe them 100 percent of your effort and you show them that by going to that school all right, you show your leadership that by going to that school that, hey, you're willing to go through that suck fest so that you can learn the most you possibly can. And so, yes, having a tab does make you better. It does, 100%. doesn't make you the best leader, but it makes you the best. And so for the other Rangers out there watching, uh, 
it's it's a pleasure to have you watching. But yeah, the tab matters, and the school matters, and the discipline matters. And Joe sent it, dude. I'm gonna introduce you to the man we keep calling Juan. Um, he is the owner and operator of Combatives Unlimited in Jacksonville, Florida. I got that right, Tops. Yes. Um, and even though Juan is his first name, he was also uh, my first line infantry unit's first sergeant in the 82nd Airborne. And uh, it'd be years before I learned what his first name was or anything like that or even approached him. Uh, so forgive me if I keep calling him Tops. Uh, he's definitely a man who's well-versed in several martial arts disciplines. He's my first real Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu teacher, even though he probably doesn't remember most of it. Um, I was just another guy he ragged out. Um, and he may not watch as much UFC as me, but make no mistake about it, he is the real fight expert here. And uh, the best first sergeant any of us have served under, and we've all agreed on that before we even had him on. So uh, I appreciate that. cheers to you, Top, and uh, we're happy to have you here. Well, thanks. I appreciate it, man. It's, it's good to be here. You know, um, it's really great to listen to you guys' story. Uh, it brings back a lot of memories, you know, it's, it's, it's really good just to see everybody's faces. I think one of the reasons why we even had Facebook or I, I picked Facebook was to make sure I stayed in contact with all the guys in the unit, you know, um, but sitting here and talking to you guys this way makes a big difference. And it's definitely a, a huge honor for me to be here with you guys, you know, so definitely. Um, Hey, Top, we, uh, we sat there and traded those stories, and uh, I remember you were one of the first people in the aid station the night that I got hit, and uh, I guess uh, the question I've always wanted to ask you that I never could have got when we were in the military um, that I'd like to know as a civilian is, what uh, as a first sergeant in that combat theater, when we, um, when we saw what we saw as a company, and, and, I, and we all truly felt like it was mm -hmm. us against the world. Is there, is there emotions that ever get in the way? Because you're one of the most disciplined people I've ever served under. And I just wonder if... Oh, my God. You, you know, it's so funny you say that because it was so hard to be in that situation because, you know, one of the key things I always remember, my, my leaders and my mentors tell me, you know, the biggest difference between, you know, the Army, the 82nd, the Rangers... And what sets us apart from all the other military units and soldiers and paratroopers, everything is discipline, you know. Um, and I always try to keep that in mind, you know. But it was so hard to not show emotion and do the job, you know, because I always felt if I show the emotion and and break down, my soldiers are going to break down, you know. And it was very hard to do that. I know that uh, me and old uh, Charlie Six would take turns going out on the QRF or Loudon, you know. Uh, and uh, head out there if there was something going on. So anytime you heard someone getting getting shot, getting hurt, you just think the worst. You know, you just didn't know what was going to happen or what you're going to come across. So anytime I saw you guys and you guys were still talking or joking and everything, I was like, okay, he's fine. You know, think to myself. And that's how I had to make it seem when I when I re uh, interacted with you guys. Ah, just the mere flesh wound. You're good, Preston. To that's touch on that, to you, touch on that first sergeant. <laughs> When you came into the aid station, I have the tattoo to prove it. He, yep. <laughs> he's like, all right, Captain America, it's just a flesh wound. Get back out there. <laughs> I got the tattoo I remember that. straight for that. Hey, hey. And I remember that. The night, Trent, how about the night, or Dave, how about the night that I got hit? Um, you were off that night, and you were in the aid station, and I'm sitting there, and Doc Squires is working on me, and first sergeant comes out. And uh, takes one look at me and goes, you're not Rivera. And I said, yes, I know that first sergeant. And he goes, somebody told me Rivera got hit and walked away. And I told, I told everybody, I go, I'm still on that guy's shit list. I missed the DUI call out before we deployed. And, he, and he, I was on his shit list forever. Well, I got, I got on top shit list multiple times. Uh, the, the, the best was the, the trash pit. So the, the trash pit the trash pit had to be you know, a certain depth down, you know, and he, he comes into the, the our little chow hall that we had and he's like, you know, he's like, Hey, how's that trash pit? And I was like, uh, first time it's, it's burning, you know? And he's like, he's like, I thought I said that I didn't want it. I wanted it 25 feet further back, you know? And I was like, 
you know, I, I knew what, what I had to do. I had to stop eating my food and I had to go, but I was going to, I was going to see, you know, how far I could push it, how long I could eat my food <laughs> until he got mad, you know, but you know, the, the thing is, is Joe and I were the new guys to a very, like I said, he had done such a good job building the team. Him and Charlie six did, they built such a team and you and I were the new guys and a lot of people would cry about it. You know, I, I never have, but it's just, you know, there was a point in time where you had to kind of prove yourself and there was a, you know, you had to carry your own weight. You had to do something, you know? And like I said, the, the, when I'm sitting there, the first time I'm gunning a 50 cal in my, in my fucking life, like ever, ever, like I, I didn't have any training on it. Right. I'm sitting there like, I test fired it, so I knew how the shit worked. You know, I'm like, okay, we're good, let's roll. You know, and we're in, we're, we're we're in this blocking position. First arm Perez has his has his back to this blue bongo truck, not a white one, so it was a good, it was a blue one, so we we're okay. You know? <laughs> the, the, the 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 blue one, like I like I said in, the, in episode one, that like I could see what this idiot was trying to do, right? And I'm like, don't do it, dude, don't don't do it. Like he, he's looking this way. I could see him looking over there. There's no Humvee over there. He's like, I could just roll to the desert and I'll be good. You know, and like, I'm like, don't do it, man. Don't do it. And so he starts going. I do my whole EOF, everything they taught me to do, right? And this guy squelches on his brakes. Just, I mean, because I racked that 50 one more time and pointed it at him. And he, he he got that message. That was international. There was no language barrier there. That 50 cal was about to light him up. I, I guarantee you, he puckered so hard. He turned around. And, and, and like had his weapon up and he turned around and he's like, motherfucker, control that motherfucker should be dead. And I was like, ah, like I, I can't do anything right by this guy. So you know, but with, with, with the growth mindset, you know, the not being a fixed mindset, I was like, you know what? He's just, I, I never cowered down. Like a lot of people, I just like, Hey, he's just, he's pushing me. He's trying to get me to my best, you know? And like, he's mad at me. I don't think he really understood. But I'm an E4. He's the first sergeant, so it doesn't really fucking matter. So, like, I just said, Roger, first sergeant, I should have killed him. You know, like, that, but that 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 was that one. <laughs> I don't know if you remember yeah, that one. How bad you were puckered on that one. I actually, you know, the funny thing is, as soon as you started talking about that blue bongo truck, I was like, oh, hell. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, I mean, it, it was definitely, um, I think that, that, that tour, at least for me, uh, compared to the other tours that I've had and other units that to me, I think that company, we had that group of people uh, were definitely special and elite to say the least. Um, we got guys that are still in, you know, that I see on Facebook, you guys are doing great things. And I'm just like, I'm so impressed. And, and I'm proud of all the guys that were in our company. You know, I see first Sergeant Lee doing his thing. And I'm just like, man, this is awesome to see these guys, you know, continue on leading the way um and doing all those great things but yeah there were many times out there in samar where if uh, we lost a guy we'd have to go by myself somewhere and just kind of be alone you know to say the least because i remember star major lambert you know would always uh ask when he show up in samar or, or something like that or i ran across him at the at the fob or something he'd say hey you know how are you doing oh i'm good i'm good i'm good you know but it was definitely uh it was definitely hard for sure definitely for sure we were always scared shitless of you however comma we respected <laughs> We respected the shit out of you too. You know, there's a big difference when it comes to leadership. You know, there's those shitty leaders that you're just scared of them because they're just gonna always fucking chew you out and you know make you do push-ups back in the day or whatever it may be. But with you, we also we we fucking respected you. Um, you're, I you always had your head on the swivel. You know, it was you never changed. You you just followed suit. You did what you were doing, and you were constantly like that. You know, and I think that's why Britson brought up that question too. You know, about showing emotions <laughs> and empathy or whatever it may be, but. You like yeah. never change, you know, but uh, well, we respect weird. There's one, there's one time, the one time that uh, we lost our, you know, Morley and those guys up on the roof, you know, um, I remember sitting out there with those guys until they got picked up by myself outside the mid station. It got dark. I just sat there for, I don't know, maybe a couple hours. And that was so insane to me. Yeah, that was a tough one. I had, yeah. I had, I was, I, I'd walked up and I was standing there and you were, you were, you were right there. I, I, in the hum, Humvees had pulled up when I had gotten up there. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the day prior to that, well, actually two days prior to that, I was out there with, with those guys at a different OP and we swacked those mm -hmm. guys on Lakers. Yeah. And like I said, that's the one time where you said, Hey, control, how you doing? And I was like, shit, he just said hi to me. 
You know, and it's like, <laughs> well, because you know, because we just we just swack some people. Um, yeah. And then Josh, Josh had come down to my room, my chew, and said, "Hey, I was cleaning the 240 because we just got into a fight with it, and I was I'm cleaning it." And he said, "Hey, we're going out again tonight." And I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll be ready." And then he came back 15 minutes later, and he said, "Actually, your platoon's going on QRF in the morning, so we're going to take somebody else." And I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, hey, good hunting, you know." And that's you know that it sucks that that's the, that's the last thing I said to him. You know, and it's like, yeah. it, it, it's it's just brutal. But those are the things that if I didn't have you guys and I got it, it's live now. Some people are watching, you know, and I I rarely ever tell that story, you know, and even, yeah. even, even my wife knows, you know, like, like I almost wanted to name one of our kids morally, you know, or Josh. Yeah. And yeah. It's just, they were, they were, it was, that was that big of a deal to me. And, but being able to talk with you guys and being able to let it out. You know, yeah. like I said, I have my wife, I have my great family, but a lot of people don't. And that's what the point of this page is for is like, yeah. you know, you know, get on here. And if you want to tell us a story, man, tell us a story. And we'll probably judge you by, the way, by what you say, because that's the fun part of it. But yeah. you know, when it comes down to the to the meat and potatoes, man, just get it off your chest. Just 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 let it out. I don't know how yeah. it goes. Um, but I, uh, I, I, oh, yeah. I got close to Morley. Uh, we went on our leave from Iraq together and uh he was going home because he was supposed to see his daughter get born and uh well she ended up being late so he didn't get to stay to see her born and he came back with me um and I remember so, that I, I got I really that. close to him um throughout the rest of the deployment until this happened um it, it's another reason I, I like I feel like I live my life the way I do like take every day and make the most you can of it because yeah. just with him and with having the kids myself, like it, it, it struck, it struck a nerve. Like I was so young. He was so young. Like you don't ever know when your last second's going to be, man. Well, you know, you the crazy thing. When you... and I, I respect each and every one of you guys. And I love what we did. And I'm glad we had the group we had to make it back by far the best leadership we've ever had. You know, well, you, you mentioned that, that you guys were on leave. I remember when you guys you guys came back, and I asked him, talking to him, I said, "Hey, so, you know, how's you know, was your daughter born and all this stuff?" He goes, "No, she was late." This, and I kind of looked at him like, "So why didn't you ask for an extension?" That's exactly what I told him, and he looked at me like, well, "I didn't think you guys would approve it," you know. And I I actually got mad with him because I was like, "Why? You should have asked for it." you know, and everything. I was like, that's crazy, you know? And, uh, but that, I remember him telling me, I didn't think it'd get approved and you guys would be mad at me. I just thought to myself, that is the craziest thing. And I mean, I kind of heard it that way, but it wasn't the whole, I wouldn't get it approved. Honestly, he's one of the most selfless people I ever knew. Um, I yeah. asked him, he's like, hey, my daughter's being born. I know she's safe. My brothers are going back. I need to be there with them. Hey, and real quick, real quick, for all those that are watching, um, longest day in Samara. Just Google it. Um, for some of you don't who don't know about the story and everything, um, great article. It's, I, it's, I forgot the it, editor. I, I think Emmanuel called, or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. called uh, um, "Ambush in Samara: Colon the Sem uh, the Longest Morning," and uh, Jeff Emanuel did it on the American Spectator, and uh, he was the reporter. I think he was the next JTAC for the Navy. He used to actually go out with an AK with with an opposite. He's the only reporter that did that. And I remember he kept uh, kind of, you know, making his way around to everybody towards the end of our deployment, asking who we should do a story about. And uh, I remember he asked me, and Tracy was Tracy was the one I was closest with. I I, I always got a kick out of him, and uh, me, we spent a couple of times on old uh, what's the old Iraqi police base we stayed on, Yuvani. Yeah, Yuvani. We spent a couple, of, yeah, and uh, he was a riot, but uh, um. But uh, yeah, he he would ask who we should do a story about, and um, I told him either either Reaper or March fifth, and uh, and when he went to get up, I said, hey, uh, just do yourself a favor, and he said, what's that? I said, do your due diligence and don't ever think about di disgracing those guys and printing it. And he goes, you know, I've been threatened like that every single time I've asked that question. <laughs> but he did a good job. I mean, it, it's a tough article to read, but it's if you have. 
for people that want to know what happened with those guys, uh, yeah, that's. I got, I got, I got to flip it uh, back to uh, a little bit more of a of the business thing with the Combatives Unlimited, uh, Juan. So at at what point in time in your life did did were you like I want to put on underwear? I want to roll <laughs> around with another guy in underwear. Like that's that's well, the real question. Well, honestly, um, my father, who was you know, also in the military. Um, he actually was a huge boxing fanatic. He used to box and he, uh, uh, growing up. And, um, so, and he boxed on the army team back in the day and he did all kinds of stuff, but, um, he put me into martial arts just to keep me out of trouble as a kid. So the first thing he had put me into was a uh, judo when I was like five years old and stuff like that. So, um, that basically how it started. I was doing the judo, the boxing, you know, my dad, uh, who was a huge fanatic of boxing and um, Shotokan karate. And uh, so, I mean, you name it. And then he would take me to his, um, his friend's house. Uh, his name was Eddie Pagan. And the reason he did that was a funny story. I was at a competition. Uh, I can't remember the place, but it was uh, the International Karate Federation back home in Hawaii. I remember fighting this guy. And it was based off points, you know, little stupid stuff like that. And I just thought it was the biggest sham because I was like, man, I, I should have won because I, I actually made contact. I actually scored the point. And I remember telling my dad, I was like, you know, this is this is this is kind of fake, you know, because it's all based off points, you know. Um, so he took me to um, his friend. His name was Eddie Pagan, who was also in the military. Um, so he would drop me off there on the weekends, and uh, basically he would just beat my butt. You know, <laughs> um, grown man beating my butt. I was about 10 years old. Yeah. But, uh, he's the one that introduced me into the Filipino martial arts, um, Jeet Kune Do, you know, uh, C-Lot, Indonesian martial arts and stuff like that. Um, so that's how I, I got into it, doing that um, even more. If I, did, if I didn't do good in school, but he'd take me out of martial arts. And that, to me, was my punishment. But I guess you can say I was kind of a nerd growing up because all my friends that I hung out with, we all did martial that's all we did you know and so we we didn't talk about anything else we just did martial arts you know that or go to the beach and 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 try to surf or whatever or body you know body surfing or stuff like that so um where where in hawaii yeah, was that's that? the way it was um and when i first joined the military it was in wahiwa yep my wahiwa i went to wheeler elementary wahiwa intermediate and Leila right. high school <laughs> So, so every time I see someone that says station in Hawaii, I'm like, oh man, I wish I was there, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, I grew up doing martial arts my whole life. And so when I first joined the military, I really didn't, uh, practice that much just because I was trying to concentrate on the military thing. And my dad wanted me to join the military. Um, he's the one that actually took me to the recruiter and I didn't want to join the military at all at the time. Um, the recruiter talked to me and. He goes, do you want to join the military? I said, hell no, I don't want to join the military. <laughs> that was my thing. And the funny part was my sister's uh, friend, um, he was from the third Ranger Battalion. And I ended up talking to him during spring break. And he's the one that actually uh, convinced me to join the military. And so I remember going back to the recruiter and I was like, ah, I know what I want to do. I want to be an airborne Ranger. And it was it since then. And uh, I think maybe three years after I joined, um, I started training again and stuff like that and uh, going out to California training with my mentor out there. And, uh, you know, Combat is Unlimited. I actually founded back in 94 when I was a Ranger instructor at Fort Benning. I was in charge of the hand-to-hand, -hand, the combatives program for, for the Rangers and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, it just kind of went from there. And I would train and do seminars and stuff like that. And when I finally retired, I said, yeah, you know, I'm just going to finally open up a school here where I was at. Yeah. Hey, uh, Juan, you got a question from the, the live audience. They, they want to know who your favorite boxer was. Oh, my favorite boxer. Wow. You know, it's kind of hard to say who, I mean, uh, I liked, uh, Gotti. He was, a, I thought he was an amazing. Oh, I loved him. And, but another fighter <laughs> that, uh, I, I, I liked very much was, Roberto Duran, you know, um, power, man, that guy can hit. Um, and let's see, 
So could Tommy I, Hearn. I mean, I'm, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I didn't really have, like, a favorite favorite, but I think the most technical fighters that I used to like to watch the most was uh, definitely Gotti. Um, I liked Roy Jones Jr. You know, I thought he was an amazing fighter. Uh, Tyson. Uh, Mike Tyson, amazing fighter. Amazing heavyweight fighter. Um, but, yeah, it, it was definitely some good stuff. And I think um, Lomachenko, there you go. I, I, okay. I think he's an amazing fighter. The, one, the guy he they is, call, they call him is. the Matrix? Yeah. He's, a, he's out there laughing yeah. when he's hitting people. That guy. Dogging yeah. for the cameras yeah, while he's, he's getting, amazing. I mean, yeah. my first experience. Man, he's got some footwork, some movement, and some hand speed. Yeah, he's nuts. My first experience with First Art Perez, he would, then was our platoon sergeant. We, uh, they just came back from Katrina and everything, and it was our first competitor. Yeah. So we were in a circle, and he's, he's like, all right, so who's, who's coming in? Nobody moved. And me being dumb, young, and thought I was strong, I was like, I'll go, you know. I got my tail whooped so fast, I got handled like I was a child. Hey, let's, let's add to it. You know, I think we were the only platoon that was learning how to knife fight. I guess that goes back to... You know, your Shotokan karate, which is, you know, martial arts with weapons and everything. But I, I remember us being out there. Um, Don't act like you know, Dave. I do. <laughs> I, I, I know. Eight years, my man. But um, I think we were, we were out there, and I forgot who the Sergeant Major was. Come, he came by, and he's like, what are you doing? You had the rubber knives out there, and we were fighting. He's like, I'm teaching these boys how to knife fight, yeah. Major. Like, what do they need that for? They might need to fucking kill somebody. Because we ones. might end up in a fight with a knife. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when, it's, when the chips are actually all in. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the best way to I want to say, I think that was Sean Major. Was it Sean Major Shoop? I think so. Yeah, oh. Sean Major Shoop. Yeah, yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. I think it was Sean Major Shoop. Yep, that's funny. hey. That, be, that being said, Nick, who wins a hand to hand fight in the field first? The guy who attacks first, the guy whose buddy shows up with a gun. You don't remember that? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> No, 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 you're right. No, okay, yeah, that, that rings the bell. The first combatives class I had with uh, with Juan, you know, he's given it, and I'm like, you know, it was kind of stupid, you know, in basic training, and I'm like, this is dumb, and then we get here, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, like, wait, he's actually, we're, we're, we're finishing the fight here, and we're like, people. we're kicking the shit out of each other. You know, and it's like, but the whole uh, training was to finish the fight, right? It was to <laughs> actually kill the person, and not, I remember that. He's like, he stumped all of us on it. He's like, he's like, hey, how do you win the fight here? He's like, you wait for your buddy with your gun to show up. <laughs> I remember the first time we actually rolled. It was like, you know, it's it's sun just come up. The dew is beating up on the grass. It's soaking wet. Wearing go fasters and ACUs and kicking the shit out of each other. Nick's 6'3 <laughs> and like 220, and I'm hip throwing them. We land on the ground. I separate my shoulder, and I'm like, okay, my shoulder's out. I separated your shoulder. Don't blame the grass. I put your shoulder out of place. I took you out of commission. You were done. You were done and you know it. Admit it right now. This isn't karate kid and that wasn't real. I took you down. <laughs> well, what happened when we got that tournament not that tournament in Iraq? What happened? Where I didn't rest that tournament. I didn't rest that tournament. I, I know. I'm pretty sure Marty tapped you out with the quickest arm bar I've ever seen. No, I, I was afraid of Rakeo. I didn't even get in. I was, I was, I hey, I'm, I'm just glad Brakeo ran into uh, Lieutenant Smith. Yeah. And and somehow I think he just outlasted him. And then Lieutenant Smith ran into Reachley. And then he gets me in the finals. I'm like, this guy's done. Cole Petzer was like, he can't even move, Joe. Cole Petzer. Yeah, Cole Petzer. Cole Petzer is a good VA story. <laughs> you, want, you want to know how to get some money out of your TSGLI? You talk to Cole Petzer. Uh -huh. <laughs> you guys understand that when he got his uh, jaw wired shut? Oh, that was a rough they, game, they, 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 they took his. Uh, well, that that's even more wild. Like, I was cleaning the fifty cals with Tito and Shootman, and uh, I, I turn around and I and I see them teaching this class or whatever, right? And then, boom, explosion, right? And I was. I was concussed. Like, I mean, it was only like I was about 15 feet behind the AT4. You know, I was like, son of a bitch. I, I, I run around because the medics, too, was right there. And I open it and I go, hey, get out here. I'm thinking like there's seven or eight people dead, you know, because there's a big circle there. I'm like, get out here right now. And like, I stumble over there and there's only one guy there. You know, there's only one dude laying down, you know, and uh, 
and turn him over. And Jeff is like, his whole face was off, you know? And it was like, just crazy. And Esser came, oh, dude, Esser came and just grabbed it. Boom, grabbed his jugular, said, pick him up. I was like, I, I know how to do that. Like, I, I had no clue what to do. There is no CLS training for what I saw, you know, there. And it's like, you know, Esser came in there and just, wham, he's like, pick him up. I was like, I, I can do that part. Got it. Like, <laughs> I can yeah, do that part. Esther might not know it, but he's coming on the show, and we'll haunt his dreams until he gets on here. He's coming yeah. on. And she's I got headphones on, so she didn't hear any of that. But you guys – all right. You guys got to say hi to the bugs real quick. Oh, oh, she's trying to be Wednesday. Go ahead and say hi. Now, now they can hear you. Hey. Hey. <laughs> All right, we're going back to adult talk. Daddy loves you. Yeah. All right. No, that's yeah, that's. But uh, but yeah, I still no, that's no. quite a bit. Get him on the Listen, show. That is that was the best medic I've ever. Still to this well, day, probably the best. I medic. don't even want to waste because we want to do this for a long time. I'm not even going to waste the stories about the things that I've seen him do, and we yeah. all know what I'm talking about. But that dude has ice in his veins. When 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 Jeffy got hit, we were uh we were done. We were done. We were going yeah, home. We're and, uh, and, I'll never forget. I'll never forget that bang. I was in the room and I come out and Lieutenant Smith, the one that uh, the LT that I tapped in that, the one the one that took over first platoon after first platoon had what they had happen. Uh, he's running by me. He goes, "Get back in there. Uh, we're taking fire." And I was like, "Dude, you haven't been here long enough. That is not what a splash sounds like. That happened. That came from the ASP." And I ran, we ran right through them. And when we turned around, Nick and you, uh, I couldn't point, figure out who who else it was. Nick's 6'3", so he's easy to spot, but I could see them. They picked Jeff up, and his arms went over like this. And, and uh, it, it was a bad look because Doc was holding his face together. But I'll never forget, we walked up to the uh, aid station, and Jeffy was so respected. He was such a just a tough Texan, just a tough son of a tough son of a bitch and uh it was like having your watching one of your toughest buddies get knocked out in a fight it just it's it, we're all up there waiting and top walks out and uh looks it off goes what are you guys crying for he's fine because i mean we all thought he was gone and then he proceeded to yell his uh fiance's phone number to me through a mask with five breaks in his jaw and a fractured skull yells her number to me with a bird landing right next to me and doc fuller and said tell pd to call her because if they call they won't call her and she'll freak out if she doesn't hear from me and then right. the flat line i mean that's how tough he was he was dying and he was screaming a phone number through a through an oxygen mask with a bird landing right next to us it was uh yeah, and i remember i remember saying hey you're how did how you doing jeff and he goes this shit fucking hurts you know what <laughs> 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 I was like, I, bet like, is, I remember yeah. him double arming two forties at the berm. That's that's phenomenal with Jeff. And uh yeah, the point of it though is this again going back to to where he had his jaw wired shut. Well they they unwire his jaw. And I'm not gonna say much what happened, but they rewired his jaw and then they unwired it three days later and he got seventy five thousand more dollars. So <laughs> it's TSGLI. So, and Jeff was already loaded. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> Preston, you were talking about uh, Whitehead swerving an RPG, but like you said, there's different perspectives. There's different people who saw what happened. I think because you were gunning, I think Joe had a better perspective of it sitting in the truck, wasn't sleeping in that you know carbon monoxide box. So, hey, what? What what actually happened with Whitehead swerving that RPG, Joe? Oh man, I uh, I don't know. The thing is with Paris, I don't know how he saw it because all we heard was RPG, and I was trying to get over to where he was at so I could get a better vantage point and get up there, and the truck tail whips and pinballs my ass off of the truck. And I'm like laying, laying on the side. Then it comes back, and as it comes back, I look out the window, and that thing skipped off the. Pa I saw it skip off the pavement. No, 
No. But it would have been a direct hit. It skipped over the hood of the Humvee, man. Okay. Well, I, I'm telling you, all I saw was a, you know, and then that he gets hit. Over the, that sucker skipped over the hood, bounced off, and slammed into the wall next to us, man. Scary as and shit. Trust me. What, they, I remember, I tell, brother. <laughs> I tell you what, they, they can say whatever they want about Jason Whitehead, but it's going to take about two seconds with me for me to know if you ever served time in a combat theater with him. Because that kid, if you could put the stones that kid had on every soldier, you you would be unbeatable. <laughs> hey, Top, if we get uh, cut off on time, thanks for being there, man. It was, uh, I don't know, it's, it's awesome. And I'm not going to try to be corny, but I mean, you know the community and the brotherhood and what we went through. It's definitely, just, definitely. it's good to see as many faces like that. Like Paris said, it's been a long time since I've seen all these faces in one room. And, yeah. uh, man, that, it, it, that's therapy to me. I almost yeah, feel selfish definitely. doing Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so uh, thanks for being here. No, thank you. You know, so hopefully I'll see some of you guys uh, at uh, Charlie Six's uh, command assumption when he assumes uh, the position. Panther six, that's going to be pretty awesome, you know, yeah, and everything. So that um, does require going to Fayetteville, though. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm two hours away, so trust me, Fayetteville. Oh my God, that's in one place. But you know, I look forward to getting over there and, and, and watching him take over. You know, absolutely, so it'll definitely be fun for sure. Hey everybody, I think this is about it. Where we're going to get off and then get back right back on. Um, just you know, thanks, Paris, for showing up. Total nutrition. Rocking your shirt, man. <laughs> Doing your thing. Um, first arm Perez. I'm always gonna call you first arm Perez. I know you're retired. And we're actually the same rank right now, so it doesn't matter, right? I can call you <laughs> whatever I want to do. Yep. But um, thanks for coming on. Thanks to all our viewers for watching. Um, continue assisting us with our YouTube channel. Uh, we need some more subscribers. We need you guys to watch that stuff. Uh, we're almost at a thousand followers, and that's in what three weeks that we've been on here. So again, we appreciate everybody. This has been a blast. This was probably one of the best shows, I think, so far. Um, had, well, had there's the been three, so yeah, it was. Yeah, had the goosebumps <laughs> and the hair standing up, you know. Um, it, it's good to have this family. So thanks for everything. Thanks for watching. And uh, Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, man. All right, Top.